Good morning. It's good to be here in place of Pastor Corey while he's on vacation. Let's open in prayer, shall we? Our Lord and our God, we thank you that we can come into your presence and that you have given us your word. Lord, we pray that you would open up your word to us, that we would be able to learn from the Holy Spirit today what he is teaching to us. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. While you're turning in your Bibles, knowing this is the 16th day of being in lockdown, I want to ask you a question. How are you doing? Most frequently, people say, oh, we're doing good. But I want to ask you deep down, no, how are you really doing? How are people that you know doing? Over the last 10 months, have you had more tears than normal? Some people are having trouble making ends meet financially. They might be laid off from their job or having trouble finding a job. Some groceries aren't available when we go to the store with our list. Just two words, toilet paper, and you know what I mean. You may personally know people that have died from the virus. There are some that, are, um, that already have serious health concerns that make them particularly vulnerable. We also don't want to be that person that passes on the virus to others. I know there have been some nights when I've had trouble falling asleep, thinking things through. There are so many unanswered questions. We miss close personal interaction with our loved ones. Video chatting does not replace a handshake or a hug or a kiss. And of course, some of the being the uh, victims of increasing crime. There are porch pirates stealing deliveries. Vehicle thefts have increased in our area. Speeding on the highways has increased dramatically. With all of these trials, there are also responding emotions. Fear, loneliness, confusion, and frustration. If you're like me, you've been facing all of these. How do we cope? How do we respond as Christians so that our testimony is there so that we can show others the inner peace that we have in Christ? As believers, we look to the scriptures for answers. Please follow along as I read Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. In these two verses, Isaiah gives us a promise from God. How can we have peace? After all, isn't that what we want during this crisis and throughout our lives? God promises uh, perfect peace when our minds are focused on him. And as we place our trust in the Lord's protection, his eternal nature, his power, and in his salvation. In the introduction to the sermon, I intentionally listed items to help us understand the Jewish thought of the word shalom or peace. It has so much greater meaning than just the word hello. When a, per a Jewish person, person says shalom to you, they are wishing you inner peace and completeness for your whole being and spirit. 
This includes wishing you your prosperity, complete um, rest, good health, absence of conflict, your safety, and your security. Really, in a sense, we will never completely know the fullness of perfect peace until we reach heaven. But God here promises a sense of his perfect peace resulting from our trust in him. The original words perfect peace in verse 3 in Hebrew actually say shalom, shalom. The word shalom is repeated in effect peace, peace. This tells us of peace being multiplied or abundant peace. Repeated words in scripture often emphasize the importance of the subject. The Bible translators did well here to use the word perfect peace because perfect peace can only come from God who is righteous and holy, the source of all peace. However, there needs to be clarity here. God's perfect peace does not depend on circumstances. The believer's peace does not depend on our financial position, whether we are healthy, what is going on in the world, or what keeps us awake at night. Experiencing God's perfect peace is the result of keeping our minds stayed on God, trusting him forever. Our minds are an amazing creation. The mind that God gave us is what distinguishes us from the rest of God's living creation on the earth. Our minds are formed by what we learn, what we are taught, or by what we experience. However, our minds can fail us in several ways. Some individuals independently learned or were taught myths, truths, or gained experience in ways that are incorrect, and their minds are poisoned. Think, for example, of someone who determined on their own or were taught that there is no God. They can never know God's perfect peace if they do not believe in God. They are then stuck with human psychology. Their only way to find peace is to light a candle, pour a tea, listen to a trickling water CD, and read a self-help book or recite mantras. That's human psychology. It is a peace that is fleeting and temporary. God wants us to seek him, to know him better through his word to learn from him and to cry out to him in our difficulties. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Corey preached from 2 Peter chapter 1 about how our minds forget. We often forget that God has granted to us his precious and very great promises, such as the promise of perfect peace here in Isaiah. I know from experience all too well that my mind is prone to distractions. It's like chasing a squirrel here or chasing a squirrel there. This will prevent our mind from staying on God and experiencing peace. Our anxiety can distract our minds from God. Things of the world can distract us also. Um, anxiety and the things of the world are subtle sins that creep in and after a while without re realizing it, they overwhelm us. We need to keep our eyes on the Lord and not on the noise of the world. But this is so hard when there are so many opinions that we are hearing. Government leaders, doctors, the media, protests. Everywhere we go, there are arguments and opinions. Who is right and who is wrong? We shouldn't get caught up in the noise. 
as hard as it is, as hard as it is. Listen to Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. So where do we set our minds? Think also of the promise of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. Do not be anxious for anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. The perfect peace of God is the peace that passes all understanding. Anxiety is a distraction. The things of the world are a distraction. Lord, help me. Lord, help each of us to think only of you when the circumstances of the world close in around us. Lord, help us to set our minds only on you. Lord, please bring us your perfect peace. Paul said to pray with thanksgiving. While facing trials in your dismay, you might wonder, what can I thank God for? I like what Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said. I may be in trouble at the moment, but I can thank God for my salvation and that he sent his son to die on the cross for me and for my sins. I will thank him for rising again for my justification. I will thank him for the many blessings that I have received in the past. The way for our minds to stay on God is to seek God, to seek the things that are above, to pray to God, praising him, thanking him, and then we ask for others and we pray for our own requests, making them known to God. We see in Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6, a verse, verses that probably everyone knows, that trusting in the Lord is very closely related to the words, with all your heart, our emotions, leaning not on our own understanding, our thinking, and acknowledging him, our actions. Further down in Isaiah chapter 26, where we are, verses 8 and 9, we see these words that beautifully express trusting in God. These verses describe an active relationship with God. In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. My soul yearn, yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. So from these verses, we see that trusting God is praising and glorifying God's name in worship, remembering him, making him the desire of your soul, your soul yearning for him, and your spirit earnestly seeking him. Trusting God is experiencing him, loving him, and getting to know him more intimately. We are in relationship and communion with him. As we experience God's love and grace in our lives, we rely on God more and on ourselves less. Trusting God becomes our first thought 
when circumstances overwhelm us. But there's a qualifying word here in Isaiah 26 verse 4, along with the word trust. The scripture says to trust in the Lord forever. The word forever is a word that denotes an open period of time without boundaries. Trusting God forever is a requirement. It's a condition to experience perfect peace. We are to trust God continually and always without interruption for the remainder of our lives, regardless of the situation or conditions. We lose our job, we still trust God. We are hospitalized, we still trust God. Regardless of what happens in the future, we are still to trust God. We know from the last 10 months that trusting God continually, regardless of the circumstances, is extremely difficult. We know we should trust God. It is our desire to trust God, but we forget and our minds are often so distracted. As a matter of fact, in our own strength, trusting God is impossible. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to focus our minds and to trust in him forever, to not lose faith. I like what Romans 8, chapters 26 to 28 have to say. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he searches the hearts and he who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Also, uh, this uh, Romans 8 is one uh, place we go in the Bible to learn about the Holy Spirit. Another place we commonly go to is John 14. And you see verses 26 and 27. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Thank God to each of us for the power of the Holy Spirit. Once again, I like a quote from Martin Lloyd-Jones. You pray and make your request known to God and God will do something. It is not your prayer that is going to do it. It is not you who is going to do it, but God. The peace that passes all understanding, he through it all will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Are you thankful for the Lord keeping you today? For the Lord's protection? As Isaiah 26.3 says, it is God who keeps us in perfect peace. The devil works on our minds and causes us to fear the future. He causes us to be uncertain. And we become distracted and our minds come to conclusions that we imagine, ideas that the devil is feeding us. God can help us because he made all things. God never sleeps. He sees us at all times. He is our keeper. He keeps us from all evil. He keeps our lives and he keeps us wherever we go. He keeps us now and forevermore. Think back in your lives of the ways that God has kept you. 
Thank him for the ways that God has kept you and gave you perfect peace through these circumstances. How God may have gotten you through a financial crisis. How God strengthened you when you were in poor health. How God gave you rest as you stressed about a difficult decision. How God gave you assurance during a time that you doubted your salvation. I'm going to read Psalm 121. As I do, please reflect on the verses. Grasp onto these promises for you. I think the word keep here is referred to five or more times. Remember Psalm 121 was a song. The people worshipped God because they trusted in his protection. Praise God for his promise to keep you. God has kept you in the past. He will keep you now and will keep you in the future. If you're feeling anxious, pray and ask God to keep you. And God gives you the grace to overcome. Here's Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Do you recognize that God will keep you forevermore? Our all-powerful God is able to do this. Isaiah 26 verse 4 says that God is an everlasting rock. God has no beginning or end. He is everlasting. This is difficult for us to grasp, to comprehend, because we're very time-oriented. And because of our uh, concept of time, we have trouble waiting patiently on God. We want things fixed now. We want COVID over now. In fact, we're unable to fully know or understand the everlasting God. But God has revealed himself through his word in ways that our minds can understand. An everlasting God means that God was faithful and trustworthy even before scripture was written. And we can read in the Bible how God was faithful and trustworthy in the ancient times. We know, we know through more recent history that God has always been faithful and trustworthy, and he will be forevermore. The fact that God is eternal is an attribute that we can worship him for and draw perfect peace from. Another thought for us to consider when we read that God is an everlasting rock, is that he is all-powerful and unchanging. There is nothing that God cannot do. Nothing is impossible with God. God's infinite power can never diminish or erode. It is solid and sure and unchangeable. He is our foundation. Think of our situation in this way. What the world is going through now is just a little blip on the timeline of God. God is in control, and we are not. The reformer John Calvin in his commentary on Isaiah 26 said, There is also, I think, an implied contrast between God's fixed thought and our wandering imaginations. For at almost every moment there springs up something new which drives our thoughts hither and thither. 
and there is no change, however slight, that does not produce some doubt. We ought therefore to hold this principle, that we do wrong if we uh, judge of God's unshaken purpose by our fickle imaginations. We would like to change the circumstances around us. We would like to change mistakes. We would like to change inconsistencies that we see around us. But we are pretty much powerless in some of these things. There's very little that we can do except to pray, to draw close to God, and to encourage others. This reminds us also of some hymns and gospel songs that we sing about the everlasting rock. I think the one I think of the most is rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Another one, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And another one I thought of, we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. Rock of ages is really another way of saying everlasting rock. These words to these hymns are talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock of ages where we hide ourselves. And Christ is the solid rock I stand. The anchor that cannot move is our Savior. In scripture, Jesus is the everlasting rock. He's the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the stone of stumbling and rock of offense. He is the rock that his church is built on. He is the rock that the wise man builds on. In Exodus 17, we read about the people of Israel murmuring against Moses because they had no water. Hear what God told Moses to do. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and the water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Referring back to the people of Israel in the wilderness, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4, the people of Israel all drank from the same spiritual rock, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. From Christ the rock, waters of salvation flowed for the people of Israel. Christ the everlasting rock. Moses struck the rock to provide salvation for the people of Israel in the wilderness. In the same way, God struck our Savior and from him flowed his shed blood and life-giving salvation to all who believe. God, in his grace, offers his perfect peace to those who have placed their trust in him, their trust in Christ the everlasting rock. If you are not a child of God, God is calling you to repent of your sin and accept the gift of forgiveness paid through the shed blood of Christ. You will receive the peace that comes with knowing that you've been forgiven and will have everlasting life. So as we go through these trials, as we go through this experience that we're going through, let's consider as we conclude God's purpose for the times that we're experiencing. 
God is showing the world that he is still in control. In spite of everyone's efforts, this will end when God wants it to. God is furthering his kingdom. God is bringing the lost in, uh, to faith in Christ, our everlasting rock. God is displaying his grace to us as we call to him in our distress. God is reminding us that we cannot persevere in our own strength. We must rely fully on him through the power of the Holy Spirit. God desires that we more fully comprehend that he is keeping us in his protection. It is in his uh, strength that he's keeping us. God is strengthening believers so that our minds will be stayed on God, trusting him forever. And at times we don't realize we're going through this, but God is working in us. God is slowing us down so that we develop relationship and have communion with him. God is providing believers with an opportunity to tell others about the hope that we have in Christ. God asks us to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God wants us to find perfect peace through him, seeking the things above, not the things of the world. God is seeking to be glorified as we praise and worship him for all that he has done for us. Let's close in prayer, shall we? Our Lord and our God, we thank you for your work through this situation that we're going through. Lord, we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit that we would realize that you're a keeping and protecting God, that you are getting us through this time, that we need to trust in you, we need to stay our minds on you and put away the distractions of the world and the distractions of our anxiety. Lord, we pray for COVID to be over, and, but Lord, we also pray that your will be done and that your kingdom be furthered as you bring people into your kingdom. Lord, we pray that we would have opportunities to speak of the hope that is within us and have um, opportunities to comfort those who are in distress. Lord, we pray that our testimony would be good as we uh, display our resiliency only through the Holy Spirit's work. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.